Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to the Zealous State of Mind podcast. Today we have the Samoan Scientist, another podcaster, uh, Amy Maslin Miller. That's it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming out. I was a bit uh, nervous uh, messaging <laughs> oh <my> you uh, <laughs> coming out, but no, no, I really appreciate you uh, racing across town to, to come out here. And I am... Um, yeah, I first heard of you on the the back of the one three five guys. They are awesome. Yeah, back I had of the such a good time with them. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to the boys, and then I listened to a few of your your own uh, podcasts as well, which are awesome as well. Some of your own individual ones, and mm. um, and then the guests that you had on too, like all your uh, scientist friends and stuff. But man, I just thought it was an awesome story. Um, yeah, just you know, Samoan chasing your dreams and. And doing really well in the science science field. So yeah, tell us yeah a little bit about your 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 background and your story growing up and all that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I was born here in New Zealand. Um, I was born and raised in Westmere, so that's Auckland. Auckland's like the big city in New Zealand, um, and I'm also Samoan as well. But from birth, I was adopted into a Balangi family, a Kiwi family, and so. I was raised as an only child by my mum, who's a hairdresser, and my dad, who's a cabinet maker, and also my nana, who's a retired taxi driver. Um, but it, growing up, we always had lots of animals. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I didn't feel that lonely because <laughs> yeah. there's always animals around. And I I really enjoyed, yeah, my upbringing. It was lots of fun. I remember doing lots of things mum was really awesome and like she enrolled me in swimming like rhythmic gym um oh, cool like karate yeah. also the music stuff so wow. I was, yeah it was a very busy childhood but i really enjoyed it so most days after school uh, your mum would pick you up and take you somewhere like a practice or yeah what was it, anything like uh stood out to you um, as a kid and all these different uh, activities you did I think I really enjoyed swimming yep. swimming was a lot of fun I don't know what it was about it but I think because I enjoyed the water like yeah. I was a water baby so I always enjoyed being in the water but I remember one time they wanted me to come to morning trainings and I'm like no thank you <laughs> yeah. I don't get up early <laughs> so that was the end of the swimming yeah because they're pretty ruthless the swimmers eh yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty full on when they want you to train properly so I have I admire the swimmers yeah because my cousin did swimming before he got into rugby and mm. yeah he was up pretty early he was young yeah and he, they were yeah. up like training quite a few days in, uh, a week in the morning and yeah it's a lot grinding it out and stuff like that mm. so that's cool so that would be like something um like you recommend like for parents and that like try to get them into different things and like yeah I mean if you yeah I know it's difficult especially have lots of kids to get them all enrolled yeah. but I yeah I found that you know I was always busy had things to do and it made me kind of figure out what I liked yeah. and what I didn't like yeah. um I guess I enjoyed most of the things but looking back I couldn't really see myself doing rhythmic gym that long what's a rhythmic gym what's so it, from what i remember it's a combination of gymnastics and dancing right so you have there like different elements so you'd have like 
there's a hula hoop next to me guys so oh, there's yes. like um <laughs> yes hula hoop and then there's like a ribbon and then you have a ball oh yeah i know what that stuff yep yeah yeah, yeah yeah that type of stuff yeah oh that's gymnastics pretty much yeah almost oh so. yeah because I, I see it in the olympics in that yeah i think yeah, yeah i think it's a, mm. or or one of them but like one of them. it's pretty it's pretty serious stuff like at the top level eh? yeah yeah it's pretty serious yeah, yeah and i think i don't know out at rhythmic gymnastics, I felt like I stood out the most because yeah. I was the only brown kid there. Right. <laughs> like, who's this brown kid in a leotard, like, <laughs> with the ball? So, you got pictures and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and some videos. Yeah. No one needs to see them anymore, but. <laughs> when did you, like, find out that you were, like, brown being brought up by yeah. Balangi family sort of thing? I think ever since, yeah, ever since I can like recollect or you know understand words yeah because mum was has always been straight up with me i mean it's pretty obvious you know she's white and i'm brown so she said to me you know you're adopted you're samoan this is your family but i'm your mum yeah yeah yeah. so it's all i've known growing up um yeah how do you think it would have went if she kept it a secret and you found out on your own sort of thing I don't know. Why. <laughs> Do you think it was good that she was just real open about it all? I think so. But, you know, kids are smart, eh? I would yeah. have found out one way or another. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you grew up, um, so like mostly being the brown face in most of the place, circles you went yeah. in. How was that? Like, It's funny because I didn't see myself as brown. Yeah, yeah. I just knew myself as Amy. Right. You know, I, Amy's just going to do swimming or Amy's just going to play the flute or Amy's just going to um, do her karate. Like, yeah. I didn't have any recollection of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And particularly right up into high school, I didn't really realize that I was, uh, sorry, I was judged for my color or I was treated right. differently for my for the way I looked. Yeah. So it was really throughout university I realized that oh I'm Samoan. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is what it means, but also it could mean some positive positive things as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you catch up with your like Samoan family as well and Not as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Um yeah, but the they're really they're, they're awesome. Yeah. I mean Sorry to dive into that. Yeah, no, I? no worries. Um <laughs> straight off the bat. <laughs> Um, what do you call it? Yeah, maybe once a year we'd see each other. Right, right. My brother's actually overseas, so I can't see him. Yeah. Um, but my two sisters, they're, they're here with their family, which is really nice. Yeah. And my dad's in Mangri as well. Yeah. Yeah. How was that, like, how did that go down, like, the first interaction or whatever? Oh, I can't... Or, you know, or those yeah. early stages. I think, um... You know, not everyone's going to be happy because yeah, yeah. they're giving their Samoan child to a white lady. Um, yeah. I think particularly the elders, you know, were not comfortable with it. But I think there was such a strong bond between my Samoan mum and my New Zealand mum because right. they were best friends. They worked together. Oh, man. And so my mum at the time, my Balangi mum, she couldn't have children. So oh, she yeah. said to my Samoan mum, oh, you know, I can't have children. And I think, you know, that relationship was so strong that my Samoan mum said, oh, I'll have a child for you. <laughs> and so that was and me. And the Islanders do that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, oh, cool, yeah, here's a child. <laughs> you know, you switch like, uh, you, uh, you know, 
furniture and all these different yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take it. Take the kid. Right. Take my. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember my mom telling me. She said, "Oh, I remember the day you were born. Your Samoan mom said, now, um." Can you please bring me up a pie? I'm quite hungry. So I was given to my mum and then my Balangi mum gave my Samoan mum the pie. So right. it was like a kind of like a train. <laughs> like that. But that's um like really common eh, in Samoan culture. Uh, probably like all the island cultures there. Eh? I mean in terms of like Fangai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like um cousin cousin, um aunties, yeah, kid or whatever. Yeah. They give it to their cousin or something like that. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's pretty cool that they were friends. I didn't know that because yeah. I knew you was adopted up. I didn't know like they were tight like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think I've been really cool. yeah privileged to know my family throughout the whole journey because yeah. I understand some people, you know, they don't understand their um, birth families. And yeah. so it can be quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like speaking of that, like an identity and things like I had, um, but it's like, I don't know, I don't, I'm quite naive and like, I don't know, I didn't, I'm not that aware naturally. Mm. So like growing up, I was bigger than everyone. I was born in Aussie. Oh yeah, yeah. In Newcastle. And it was mainly like white people there. There's a few islands uh, in the school. But um, like I was there till I was 13. Mm. Then I moved to New Zealand and then it was like really mixed. Oh wow. So it was just out of it. Like I sort of had an idea of what it would be like. That, you know, from catching up with family at family okay. events and things like that. But yeah, it was definitely a big adjustment. And uh, as I was messaging you the other day, like, I was like, man, this is weird. I didn't click that it was a thing until I went to this poetry night, uh, spoken word. Wow. And this this uh, lady, she's quite a famous um, poet, Jara Raja. Jara the queen <laughs> you know her you know her yeah oh yo there you go but via instagram but right. in my mind i feel like we're best friends but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so her she did a uh, poem on half cast oh being God. half cast and like it really hit me and i was like oh that's what it is like she was saying how you don't belong like because she was brown but part white and, yeah you know like just not really fitting in, in on the other side and that was like me i was like uh, I don't fit in the white thing and then I'm not quite brown enough wow. to be Samoan, you know? Like, I was like, oh, that's why I don't fit in on either side and then I can't speak uh, Samoan mm. fluently and then like, yeah, yeah. So it was just like this uh, conflicting thing growing up. But I didn't know, you know? Um, but um, I think, yeah, growing in awareness and understanding that's helped, helped me out a lot. Um, yeah. Did, had, did you have like, you know, different things with identity and where you fit in and that sort of stuff as well? Or Yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, like I said, to, um, sorry, up to university, I knew that I was just Amy and I wasn't aware that I was Samoan as well. Like, I knew I was Samoan, but didn't know I was Samoan, New Zealand-born Samoan, yeah. which is different. Yeah. And so I think to university, uh, when I got to university, I understood that there is quite a divide between students um, in terms of race. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of learned the history of Pacifica and indigenous people at the university. And I thought, oh, okay. I'm actually part of this as well. Mm. So that's when I realized that, oh, I'm Samoan, but I'm also a New Zealander. Yeah, yeah. And to be <clears throat> proud of both, um, both cultures, both ethnicities, both ancestors, and to really acknowledge that I am those things even though I don't speak 
salmon fluently even though that I might not do like a siva a beautiful siva but I still belong because I feel that I do right 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 and I think that was explored more through my science mm. because I felt that to understand more about myself I could learn through science by researching pacifica things yeah I was just like ready to do anything pacifica and that so happened to be plants and I've realized you know Maori indigenous people we have such a strong connection to the land sure, so it's such yeah. a beautiful relationship to have that that i could understand more about my culture through science um and to learn more about the land yeah man the um i have this thing like um because you know generally islanders were sort of cool it's cool right mm-hmm. so like as a young kid I wanted to be someone. Right. You know? Because I cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they're usually good at the sports and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which was sort of cool. Most yeah, of, generally. Cool. Not always, but... And then, I was like, oh, but then as I got older, we had a family reunion and, because I got nine aunties and uncles mm. on someone's side and they were telling stories in our village. Mm, wow. Our village is near uh, Waterfall. And, um, oh my gosh. I was like, I, I just am like... I didn't have to try to be, you know what I mean? I stopped by then, but I was just like, I think as a, as a teen and maybe I was trying to convince people, mm. you know? And But I was like, I just am. This is in my blood. I don't have to. So like when people ask me now, I just like, I'm Polish Taiwan. Yeah. I don't have to, you know what I mean? Because they're like telling stories. Like this is uh, my aunties and uncles and, wow. their, um, and our grandfather, like about their, their parents and like growing up there and stuff. It was just... Um, it was quite cool to sort of come to that place where I just am, mm. whether 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 um, people thought differently or not. And that was through just hearing your stor- stories told by your yeah aunties and uncles. Yeah, we had an awesome night. So they they planned it. They said, "Oh, we'll come around," and uh, it was a family reunion, and, mm. and we all just sat around, and each one of them just spoke of fond memories as a kid from the village. Wow! But, so there was nine of them. Um, yeah, and they just told their stories and what was funny and then like they all did it and then then everyone just carried on like if they got a thought you know wow and um it was like you just there you just are exactly. and so i am polish too and like same as you like um because i was born in aussie so you know um that even made more of the mix mm. like you know i'm australian then my high schooling here sorry this is <laughs> nah, then you know then my my bloods are like my dad's from poland wow like born and raised there and my mum was in Samoa so she was like 13 or something wow so they're born in two different countries I was born in Aussie but grew up here in a way yeah anyway just like on identity and stuff like that but that's so common I think now this generation they have like five different ethnicities or more yeah and I think it's quite an important topic to talk about because I feel that when you know your identity you know who you are Mm. and you feel that you belong yeah you don't feel lonely or like oh i don't fit anywhere you know i'm not white enough or i'm not brown enough yeah sure. so yeah i think just exploring on your own journey to understand where you identify is so important yeah and like for me that was through science that was for, through university but for the for you is just a family reunion mm. which i think is beautiful yeah, yeah. and uh yeah it's it is a it's a cool thing to identity i think you know how people don't know what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like uh, Me. finding a <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I didn't want to do. But yeah, like growing. I think once we like 
find out more about who we are and our identity and things like that. That was partly why, it, I don't know if this sounds bad, but partly why I wanted to marry a Samoan because mm. I didn't want my kids to be a mongrel like me. <laughs> you know? like So she'll grow up saying she's a Samoan. Right. And I but feel she's like not now. She's Polish, Samoan, New Zealand, Australian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, she's predominantly brought up in the Samoan. Like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, she obviously she'll be a mix of everything. Mm. But she'll be... And I've, I've noticed from observing my friends and that it's easier when you're when you're brought up in something, in a way. Okay. Hmm. Like in terms of identity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you if I my Māori my my friends and my Tongan friends and like they have, yeah, like you said, they have a place to belong. Yeah. You know, and they go and they're comfortable. They know, yeah, the sivas and mm. the language and it's quite natural and... And, uh, that reminded me actually because yeah in high school since I was gr- since I grew up in the Kiwi environment I, I didn't feel like I was I, I didn't feel like privileged enough to mix with the the island girls because I couldn't like relate to them or the jokes and things like that yeah just because they grew up in their identity yeah. like yeah yeah I just thought about that now yeah 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 so it's it's a cool thing to yeah talk about and explore more mm. eh? and dig a little bit deeper. And how how was it? Um, yeah, tell us about your journey to becoming a, a scientist and how that all unfolded and came about. Yeah, up. so um, yeah, during my childhood, I loved music. Mum um, got me to do. Well, I started off with recorder. Everyone starts off with recorder, yeah. and so then I went into piano, did a bit of flute and violin. Yeah. So I loved that. And then going into high school, I went to St. Mary's College in our Berg on music. That's where um, Dame Kiritsa Kanawa went to learn how to sing. That's how she made a name for herself. So St. Mary's is really big on music. And so I decided to carry on with my violin there. Yeah. And also my flute a bit. So in high school, I love music. That's pretty much like, well, I did. I would like, I remember being like, oh, miss, I'm just going to go and practice. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this class today, <laughs> yeah. but really I'm like, I'll just go practice now. Um, so I science wasn't a big thing for me in high school. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't my passion. It wasn't my love. Um, definitely, it, I was not good at science. I was not like your top scholar. I wish I was, but yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't getting the excellences at the time as NCA. So yeah, I was not getting really good marks for science but in my last year of high school so I went to year 13 and I realized that oh I am really bad at science because <laughs> I got my you know your exams back and like oh, okay I didn't I did I didn't pass a lot of my chemistry papers so and I achieved like majority of my other papers but I think for me I quite liked a challenge in science right. hmm. and so I thought well everyone around me was going to university so I thought oh I'll go to university as well and my friends were going into science so I thought oh, I'll do science as well and I like the challenge so I enrolled myself in a bachelor of science at the University of Auckland not really know not really knowing what to expect and yeah. so yeah I just kind of fell into it <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah that, that sounds funny because, like, you know, you said you didn't get that good a 
good grades mm. and then i was like oh, that's good logic that you would enroll <laughs> into university perfect logic yeah <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then how did you you know overcome like you know not getting that great grades to mm. you know getting through university and yeah well definitely my mum is amazing she um she's really she's a really big supporter of me she she, she you know she knew that I struggled in science and she kind of said you know um what can I do to help you what can we do to help you does that is there do I need to have a conversation with your teachers and so it was just kind of a breakdown of what's happening why am I getting these grades and so I applied myself more by asking questions, going to extra tutorials at high school during lunchtime. It's funny how that works, eh? Yeah. Yourself. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and so um, it helped a little bit, um, not so much in high school, but I kind of got more of an understanding that, you know, if I ask questions that I'm going to do better. So that really helped a lot in university. So I had the confidence to ask questions, ask the lecturer questions, mm. go to tutorials, which helped so much. Um, there's a really strong Māori and Pacifica network called Tuakana at the University of Auckland. That's just one of them. There are a lot more. And I found that um, to have a really strong support academic network where I could ask questions like joke, um, that helped me so much the university wow. tuakana, eh? yeah tuakana. yeah really good Far out. and then you know even just choosing that like did you know it was how hard it was going to be and no. it, you know it was a un, it's an uncommon thing for pacific right yeah very uncommon i mean did you were you aware of all that like, i was not aware <laughs> at all you just went in for, a, for <laughs> the challenge i was like i like my stationery this should be cool like <laughs> i get to use my nice pens and colors i was so naive right but yeah um it's science is not a common pathway for multi pacifica yeah that's why yeah yeah exactly yeah um i i don't have all the answers for that but it just isn't um Maybe because it's not very relatable in high school. Mm. Can't relate to those things and it's not that interesting. Um, and I didn't realize the work ethic as well. It's like, <laughs> it's a big step up from high school. Yeah. But I think because my mum was so supportive and just said, you know, let's reevaluate what do you need to do. Then I could say, oh, I need to study more or I need to put in this work or, you know, I have all these essays due you know, I have to hand them in on time. So yeah. that really pushed me through the work ethic. Yeah. Oh, man. How did you, like, um, were you, like, uh, always thinking with challenges? Because you said you did it for the challenge. Were mm. you always down for a challenge? Yeah. Um, Is that an innate thing or what? Because like, that's a big challenge to take on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the thought of university when I was at high school was, like, hell no. Like True. You know, like, I, was, I knew that was the big dogs, like, Wow. That's serious, you know. So I was like, now just when you said the challenge, I was like, oh, you're ready for a challenge. And I, yeah, it's because I think as well my environment in high school is very academic. Right, right. So right. they expected nothing. That was normal. Else. That's normal. Right, yeah. That's yeah. normal. You I went to Max, so it was a bit different. Max is all good, <laughs> isn't it? I think, I think maybe just my circles. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So it was. It was more the environment that, yeah. that molded that way of thinking? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful, eh? That just because of the environment that you would want to take on such a challenge mm. like that. Hey, 
And I think because um, I felt really confident in music and that I was always in strong groups in music that I understood that I could do science as well. Like I felt that I was successful in music and confident in music that I can do that in science. So yeah. it was kind of like a mix of the music and the environment that I was able to take on that challenge and had that confidence yeah yeah that i could go forth and say yeah let's go yeah i've achieved well on this and i know i can work hard yeah and do well yeah. i just apply it to this yeah, yeah yeah and i guess as all students go through like doubts and fears oh, yeah. throughout the year like yeah oh, what was yeah. your process for dealing you know with the roller coaster of a you know being a student and studying something hard yeah i mean i definitely did you know, when you have your mock tests, like, they were not good, eh? <laughs> right, right. And you you get really sad about it, and you're like, I'm gone, like, bye, I'm going to just leave high school now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. not for me. So I've definitely had those times. Um, and I think, ooh, I definitely think it comes back to my mum again, just thinking, okay, I can redeem myself. You know, I have to do well. Just, yeah. I don't know, I just felt like that I had to do better. I had to study more. I had to at least pass. Yeah. So the support and I'm just trying to think for other, you know, mm. what are some of the common themes here? You know, support, eh? Support you said your mom was massive. Very strong. And yeah. the environment, eh? Yeah. The expectation was high. Yeah. Yeah. So in the environment, my friends, they had very high expectations as well. Right. So they were very academic. Um, yeah, the people around me, they were like scholars. So you were like, oh, I better step my game up. Yeah. You know, in some sort of subconscious way, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I haven't realized until just now that we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Now I was just asking, like, overcoming doubts and fears, because that's what, mm. you know, everyone's going to go through. I just, yeah, I thought that would be a good, you know, thing to... Definitely, yeah. Because... Even, yeah, whether you went to university or high school, we all went through it, eh? Like, exactly. studying something, like... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, when I studied fitness, it wasn't that big, but I think I was just more mature that got me through it. Mm. Um, you know... How was, old were you? I think I was, like, 21 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I think in high school, I just didn't know yeah. that it was serious. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Yeah. I felt very... When you walk away and you look back, you're like, you didn't know anything. You were like yeah. so sheltered. You just went to school and then went home. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I see it now. Like, but I was like, I was with the same kid. Yeah. You know, so I don't really get on them. Like, because I was like, I was sort of in the same buzz. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, tr I, I do try to encourage them, but I don't like harp on because I was mm. like, oh, I was in the same boat. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to put on something that I didn't do. Mm -mm. Um, but yeah, definitely looking back, I would have went harder in school. And, and even just for like the habit of it. Yeah. And, and the, um, yeah, just the mindset of yeah. like working hard and studying hard. And like, I feel like it made me, made it harder later. Mm. And you know, like I didn't, like it wasn't ingrained into me. Right. Um, and then I studied nutrition, I think last year or something. Oh. And, oh no, it wasn't like a, it was like a precision nutrition. It's not a full on oh my gosh, thing. I'm doing that now. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's not a full-on, like, degree thing. It's an online course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, but, like, it was... I really enjoyed it. Just being an adult. Yeah, and, like, I would read... I, I read and, like, listen to podcasts on nutrition just because mm. I enjoy it now. But as a kid, it's just like, ah, this is boring, you know. So I think maturity was a big part. It yeah. can be a big part as well. Like, being ready and wanting it. That's it. Yeah. Because, like, being I wanted to do it. Yes. Yeah. Wanting to do it. 
and then also understanding where who you are, where you want to go, and why you want to do yeah. it. Yeah, because it's so important. It's a yeah, big driver, right? Eh? Yeah, such a big driver. What do you think about uh, Pacific and you know parents pressuring all their kids to study stuff <laughs> that they don't want to study? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, just so they can get. The job that they want them to get. And it's it's so, massive, eh? It's massive. It's toxic, eh? Yeah. But it's your parents. Yeah. So it's so hard, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say, go and do what you want. Do your passion. But, I mean, each parent is different. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely... Yeah, I would still say that, though, because when you understand what you want to do and you know why you want to do it, you're, you're on your way. Yeah. It just... It just flows like you just you just know the end goal. You're so focused. The study makes it easy. It's very easy to study. Yeah, yeah. Assignments are nothing. Like you don't dread going to university, or you don't dread sitting in front of your computer because you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. The most like I want to like check it out there, but I don't want to offend people. But like people go, oh, um, like you know they they want to go back and study and do like, oh, I've did this degree, I want to do this and that. Mm, mm. And I'm like, like, it's cool, but like, apply away. <laughs> you know, like, as well? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Is that a harsh or what? No, but I think it depends on each person as well, right? Because they mostly had those parents that said, go and be a doctor, but they didn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go try something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. So they, they're like, oh, this is not even me. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, there's that <laughs> whole talk about um, doing a degree and then, um, you know, you find out maybe a year and you don't like it. Yeah, that's so common. That's why I was thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. But then I also look at it like if you're changing a year in because you know you hate um, um, your medical degree, then fine, change. Because it costs you money. It costs yeah, you time. It's massive, eh? It's so much money. Yeah. So, in, in that sense, like in a university degree, I'm all for changing it, yeah. Yeah. Changing like your after degree. after you or like not delaying that process yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel sorry for um, some of the kids out there that just get sort of forced into that um, mm. realm and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the. <laughs> I, guess, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I thought of a f- um, friend of mine. He actually, he's an engineer, but he didn't want to do engineering. He wanted to be a rugby star, but he actually did it quite nicely side by side. Yeah, so it is possible. And he kind of had a break with study, then went and did rugby, and then he had a break from rugby and went back to study. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's definitely possible. Yep, to yeah. To do to, to do, do both two things. Yeah. 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 And then how long was your degree and what which, what was your um, thing that you studied, like specifically? Yeah, so I started off with a Bachelor of Science, yeah. which is three years. And so yeah. that's just general. You yeah. can choose any range of papers, but I found out that I really like plant science. So I did more plant things. And then I did a year of postgraduate diploma in science. And then I finished off with a master's, which is a research project. So you get to choose a research project that you like. And preferably one that you really like and yeah. passionate about. And so that was a year. So altogether, I did five years of study wow. um, to get a Master of Science. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. cool. That's, that would have been a cool moment when you were like, I'm a scientist. How was that? That's, you know what? I'm, I'm still um, unpacking this being a scientist because in the eyes of 
the science community, you know, you're not a scientist until you've done years and years of work, oh, like right. six years. Right. And so... So technically you are, but in the in that world, yes, you're not? Yes, yes. And so it's a constant battle, but I've just decided to name myself a scientist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I am. Proclaim it. Pro- yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, I've had all that experience um, from the studying and also working in Samoa that... Yeah. And if, you know, I guess the the worst that they can do is just say, oh, you're not a scientist. It's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just yeah. like, yeah. But, you, you know, you did all the studies and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you've gone back here to do your PhD? Yeah, so I'm currently, this year that I've been back in New Zealand, um, I'm currently like in an in-between phase. Yeah. So this whole year I've been preparing for a PhD. Yeah. And it takes a lot of things, a lot of components that I want to kind of lay out for everyone, um, maybe later on a podcast or something. But yeah, I've just been preparing, preparing to do my PhD. So I'm just waiting on approval from the university. And then once that's done, then it's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back into it. Is, do you think um, you have to have like a certain thing about you? Because a lot of it's like research in that, right? Yes. So... Which, you know, to be honest, is, can be tedious. Oh, like, yeah. So, do you have to have, like, a certain, like, uh, mindset? Or is it innate, innate? Like, or can you learn that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm all over the place and I have yeah. friends that are like that. Like, can I learn that? Or do you have to have, like, a certain personality? You know what I mean? Mm. To, to, to do that? I think anyone can learn anything. So, you think, like, yeah. if you really wanted to, you could learn if to be a really, researcher? If you really wanted to, you could. Yeah. Definitely. I was wondering if that was, like, a personality thing or not to sit down and just st- like research stuff all day that type of thing yeah I mean for me that is not fun all the time yeah you know I'm not gonna like everything about the research aspect but what's really good is that within science you can choose to be either mainly outdoors if you like outdoors like marine science you know swimming in the ocean or you could be based in the lab if you like being in the lab yeah, yeah. so it's quite flexible that way um, for me, I like doing a bit of both, so that's how I'm going to roll. And then research-wise, you know, I just work the way that I work. So for me, that's on my bed, you know, with like snacks and everything. That's yeah. how I work and just kind of, yeah, go through the best way that I can work through things I don't like to work on. Yeah. yeah. And how did you come to the being more of a plant uh, specialist? Like, was it like a certain moment or...? Yeah, there was a couple of papers at university that we learned about plants. Um, and there were a couple of lecturers who were really influential because mm. they made learning about things fun. Yeah, I remember one lecturer, she bought, and it's kind of like a contraption, like your hula hoop, to explain like a really in-depth model within the plant, like microscopic. And she showed us visually. And it's yeah. such an exciting and different way of learning that I thought, wow, that's so cool. I understand what she's talking about. Right. It's not just like someone up the front of a lecture theater just like talking at you. Hmm. So for me, that what got me really interested in plants is the way that it was taught and then I could understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So that couple of the teachers were really yeah, definitely. influential. And, definitely. Yeah. Are you a vegan, is it? Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, oh. we'll get in there, we'll get in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> do you only eat plants? This is quite interesting. Um, no, so when I went to Samoa, I actually started eating less meat because the meat wasn't as good 
hair compared to hair. Yeah. So I naturally just started eating more veggies. And then when I came back home, I got more aware of um, just animal products yeah. and like animal cruelty. So, and my mom has celiacs right. and is allergic to dairy. So she can't eat gluten, like bread or dairy products. Yeah. So I'm naturally, yeah. I'm I'm not hard out vegan. I'm not gonna be like, what you eating? Um, but I'm just more aware of the foods that I eat. Yeah, you're you not know. in the supermarkets blocking the. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, they can live your life. That's good. But yeah. I'm not one. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. No, nah, that's cool. No, nah, I just I was interested to see how you got to choose that um, that plant. So, and you you were in Samoa doing some research there recently, eh? A couple yeah, of years. Yeah. So about a year ago, I was in Samoa. And so that's another reason why I was doing science and wanting to understand more about myself. So yeah. I thought it would be so good for me to learn more about my culture and to learn more about science by going to Samoa. So I lived and worked there for two years. I worked at the Scientific Research Organization of Samoa, SROS. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of work on taro. Right. So they have, they call it lenga but it's taro leaf blight disease. So I did a lot of work on that, understanding how it infects taro corms, that, the taro uh, that we eat. There was a recent, oh, there was an outbreak a uh, little while back, eh? Oh, the biggest one, that yeah. biggest outbreak of taro leaf blight was in 1993. Yeah. So that, so the taro leaf blight is like a, it's kind of like a fungi, really small, transported by water, and it wiped out all of Samoa's mm. taro crops. Yeah. So those original cultivars, those beautiful, yummy taro that our ancestors ate no longer exist, wow. unfortunately. Yeah. So they had to um, crossbreed new ones from Fiji and Niue. So there's none at all? None. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I mean, you know, like some of the people go out back, they're like, oh, I got the original one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? You're like, nah. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but no. Yeah. It all got cleared out. It all got cleared out. Yeah. Man, it was that's just, sad. It was devastating because you know we we lived off taro. Yeah. And it's um you know and it was the main exporter <laughs> for Samoa, so it was just ah oh, terrible. So now terrible. they're all mixes, pretty much. Yeah, and the taro leaf blight is not an issue at all. It's right. I mean the plants aren't resistant. They, you can see them now when you guys go over. It's just a little kind of lesion, like yellow. Kind of looks like sun damage. Yeah. But I mean, it's not killing the whole taro plant. Yeah. So that that's good at the moment. Yeah. yeah. How was your time there? A couple of years. It was, it was good fun. And yeah, it was it was an experience. Um, <laughs> I was told to keep an open mind when I went over there, and I did. Um, meaning, I think they were more meaning like work ethic. It's a bit slower compared to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but what I found is that the people that I worked with, they were amazing. Yeah. They were so cool to work with. Um, they were really helpful, especially helping me with my Samoan. They oh, like cool. yeah. speak sentences to me and yeah, I, I know a lot of the foods now, which is good. Um and I really enjoyed um the environment. Yeah. Like yeah. there's so much greenery there. Yeah. You could I, I've never seen it here in New Zealand. And I got to learn how to paddle on the waka'ama. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! And the water is 
beautiful. Yeah. Like we would go paddling. Um, I'd go down after work, and it's like paddling in the main harbor. And Nick Minute would see like a turtle come up. I was like, oh, oh my man. god, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the sun setting. You know, like oh, this is so cool. I'm yeah. Moana. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Like, it was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Beyond the reef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Far out. So you made some cool friends, had some good experiences. Yeah. And stuff. Who did you stay with there? I stayed with my family friends. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah. And then what was the days uh, like? Were they pretty like hour wise? Were they relaxed or? Yeah, really relaxed. Yeah. I mean, it was nine to five. We had to be there nine to five. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I had to go early in the morning because of experiments. Yeah. But I mean, pretty chill nine to five. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Did you search out the island and all that sort of stuff? Oh, you're pretty busy. Yeah, it's pretty big days, eh? Yeah, yeah. I didn't do much exploring yeah. because I'd been to Samoa a couple of times before. Right, right. So I'd done all the touristy things and I was happy with that. Lived a normal life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool when you get to do that, I reckon, eh? Yeah, it was... I definitely recommend it. And they love people coming back to the islands because yeah. it's always the opposite. People will study overseas who are born in Samoa and then they'll go go overseas and stay there but Samoa is really yearning for you know young people to come back over you mm. know help out and share their expertise and yeah, stuff that, yeah that definitely yeah isn't that a part of a lot of their scholarships now that um, they get sent out they have to do a couple of years or something like yeah that? so yeah. it's a bond so yeah. for instance if you study for three years for your bachelor's you have to stay back in Samoa for three years to yeah. work yeah that's cool I reckon that's good yeah that so is good good to give back and oh, say yeah. thank you and all that sort of stuff exactly yeah. but a lot of people over there you know well in science they've all studied overseas and the thing is you know they're they're like amazing scientists right you Co- your colleagues were from amazing. all over the place yeah oh they're locals yeah oh, but right. they all studied overseas so like oh i yeah it's australia um like england some went to china japan you yeah very educated yeah. and it's gone are the days of the stereotypes that you know we just work in factories and things like that yeah yeah you're in for a rude awakening yeah, yeah. they're yeah. very they're very onto it over there yeah speaking of china <laughs> coronavirus is it what what's that <laughs> should we be fearful should we be fearful yes no not fearful not panicking not um fighting for pieces of uh, toilet paper. <laughs> Did you see those videos? Uh, I heard about them. Oh my gosh! I, I watched them the other night and it was just silly, stupid. But anyway, were they no. real fights? Were they? they <laughs> no, they're not really real fights. I just saw like hair pulling. One old lady was about to slap a lady. Yeah. Um, but it was just stupid. Yeah, that was our lunchtime reason. talk today. I think. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all those oh videos gosh. and that yeah yeah so i heard all about yeah but we should not be fearful yeah. definitely cautious yeah definitely aware of the right information yeah so definitely checking out world health organization scientists reading articles by scientists not just your uncle <laughs> messaging something about the coronavirus so so going online which which sort of stuff should we check out so definitely i i um follow dr Sue Suzanne Suzanne Louise she's got articles on the spin-off right the spin-off has some really good accurate articles where you know they're by scientists yeah they've read the articles that have been coming out of China so they do 
um, in science you research papers, um, yeah. you publish papers, and they are scientific evidence of what is happening about the coronavirus or research that they've found about this coronavirus. Yeah. And um, the World Health Organization has World some, Organization. yeah, has yeah. some really good information about it. All right. But I mean, you know, there's so... So other than those, they pretty much yeah, ignore it, sort of? Yeah, And I mean, no, f- yeah, just be cautious about everything. I mean, in terms of um, the information that you consume, um, uh, just go to the scientists. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they're trying to scare us in a way, or... I don't know, it feels... Um, I think the media are trying yeah. to scare Why us. Why do they do that, eh? I don't know. The way they talk, it's like they're trying to scare us. I don't us know. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to panic, but definitely just be aware. But I don't know. I think some people, they they may want people to panic so that they're more aware of the situation. Yeah. So I can't remember what it was, but someone had just spoken out of term and just used the wrong words yeah. and that created panic. Yeah. yeah. Would you travel now? Oh, no, I wouldn't travel, no. no. No? So it's that serious that you wouldn't? Yeah, just being more aware of um, that there is the coronavirus around um, and not traveling to those particular countries that have a lot of cases there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really good to quarantine as well. If you have traveled just for a couple of weeks, um, to take that time and take those precautions it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so all the usual advice they give, you know, um, was it wash your hands, yes. cough into your elbow, yes, or rest and all that sort of stuff. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Because from the cases in China, around eighty percent of them have been coming out from families because yeah. families, you know, you're in close contact with each other every day. Yeah. And so it's very unlikely that if someone's going to cough on you in the supermarket that, oh, you got coronavirus, you know, like there's not a chance to be racist or, you know, yeah. um, it's just unlikely that it's going to happen like that. But yeah. it's very good practice to wash your hands, cough, like you said, cough into your elbows and just, um, yeah, um, quarantine if you feel that you need to. Yeah, no, it's interesting because there's been you know a few different things like that over the years. Hey, eh? what was the um, SARS? SARS. Uh, there's a couple over the yeah. last five years or something like that. Hey, eh? but um, our office room talk. Uh, <laughs> they were saying like like just the cold and flu has had bigger impact over the years. Yeah, yeah. Like each year. Yeah. It claims a lot of. Yeah. So they were, they were sort of saying like, yeah, take you know. Take it serious and do the basics, but it's not as big exactly as they're making it out to be. Is yeah. that what you would say as well? Oh, definitely. All right, yeah. yeah. So we're on the right track. Yes, we're on the right track. Our staff room's pretty good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah they said like there's been other things and um, it's um it's not as bad as. Mm. Uh, all right. Yeah. Is there anything else you reckon with the coronavirus? Um, to keep an eye out on that's pretty sweet. I guess just, um, I've heard a lot of talk about it being airborne. So, yeah, it's not airborne in terms of, oh, it's going to go through the vents. It just means that when you sneeze, it's that that virus is within the the droplet, but it's, you know, kind of airborne there. But it's not actually going to fly up into the vents. It just, um, it'll, like a droplet of, from when you sneeze, will just fall onto a surface. 
and um, there's been a, um, I can't remember exactly, but you know, there are different types of surfaces, but just making sure that, you know, you're cleaning up, I guess, yeah. around the house yeah. all the time, yeah. It came from bats, is that right, bats? I'm not I heard, sure. I, I, I haven't read into it properly. All I've read is that it was from a seafood market in Wuhan, China. Yeah. Um, this is from a paper, but they haven't, um, yeah, they wrote that they haven't really looked into what exactly in this mm. in the seafood market it was yeah, yeah and those masks that people wear that i heard they don't help too they much they don't help so um in the lab we have masks that are very tailored to our faces because some of the things that we work with can be quite toxic yeah so they fit really well really snug and so when you see these masks around you know they don't some are quite loose mm. um and you fiddle with them as well as well so you're you know touching your face so they don't yeah they don't work only <coughs> if you're kind of feel that you need to yeah yeah have it like you're coughing or sneezing but i wouldn't yeah say so i heard that those Good masks that, like, I think maybe painters in that use. They, oh, yeah. Those can be good. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then the the guys I was listening to, they were saying those other masks are bad because you get, like, a little bit of, like, moisture in there. Yeah. And then, like, that's where bacteria hangs out. Yeah, because like they don't warm fit, they don't fit properly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you get a little bit sweaty. And, yeah. And they just sort of, yeah. it's actually could increase chances, maybe. Mm. You reckon or not? Um, I don't know about increasing chances, but the masks don't help. They're not helping at all. Do you think uh, there's some other stuff? I guess there's always going to be different things there because everything's changing in terms of like medicine and health and stuff like that. They're still learning about the virus. So things are constantly being published and new information is going to come out. So just being aware um, of checking up on those like World Health Organization and the scientists of what they're finding. Yeah. How is it with like all your um, science buddies? Do you guys get like, you know, go out for a few drinks and like, you know, other people in different industries talk shop? Like, how are those conversations? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys talk research uh, and stuff like that or or not? Nah? With my science friends, we don't. No, no. I remember like... Keep we, it separate? Yeah, like... Not all scientists are boring. Like it's not <laughs> I Big wasn't Bang Theory. <laughs> We're not like Big Bang Theory. Like I wasn't implying that. <laughs> just suddenly, just suddenly. I mean, like when we get together, we sometimes will go to like Barilla Dumplings on Dominion Road, and yeah. then maybe we might play what is it that car- what is it that gu- Guitar Hero right, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let your hair down. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you um? Like current, like reading and things like that. Reading? Yeah. yeah so I don't like to read. No, nah, no. Nah. So Reading's just, not my thing. So just the research papers that you sort yes. of have to do? Yeah. That's Things that thing. I have to do, yeah. I think for me, because I, I really struggle to find a good book. Yeah. But once I got a good book, I'll like jump right in. But recently I haven't been reading anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about, um, you know, the science, being someone that's t- uh, tightly tied to like religion like mm. faith and all that like how how do you stand with that like yeah and so then science is pretty much with the big bang type of thing yeah. yeah 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 so this is such an interesting talk science versus religion and there are a lot of different opinions out there personally for myself i'm not religious so i don't um 
go to church, I feel that I'm more spiritual. Yeah. Believe in a higher power, but not so much. Um, yeah, go to to go to a physical church. Um, so for me, I'm on the fence about that. But I had a really beautiful conversation with um, a scientist called Chris. Oh, I forgot his last name. Chris, who is a proud Catholic, but also a scientist. Yeah, and he believes that. The more he studies science, the more it makes his um, faith stronger. Because mm. he believes that the things that we study, for instance, DNA genetics, it is so complicated. It's the most complicated code that we have here on Earth at the moment. Yeah. And so he thinks, you know, no one can create that but a higher power. Right, right, right. So he, he <clears throat> which I love, because um, I haven't heard that side of that talk. And so I understand that. That's I think that's beautiful. That the more he studies science, that the stronger his faith becomes. And he said there are a couple of people in the lab as well that are that feel the same way. Yeah. That feel the same way. Yeah. Mm. C.S. Lewis was similar to it. Was he? Yeah. He I, was, didn't know I think that. he was an atheist. Oh. And then I think he set out to disprove Christianity, mm. and then he ended up converting himself. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's what I hear. I think I heard. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Like, oh, sorry. Did you want to add to that? No. Right. No. Um, what did you think? Like, um, the science plays a big role in like training and things like that, and training and like sport. Yeah, like strength and conditioning, because mm. science is it's a big thing um, at the top. It's uh, physics and things like that. Mm. And there's the anecdotal. So did they have that in um, like neurosciences? As in like, say, I go to a gym, right? There's mm. a guy who studied science, training. Mm. And so he trains. And then there's another guy on the side of the gym. He just goes hard. And he's an animal. Mm. But he doesn't have any like background behind him. He's right. like, I eat these foods and I get these gains. So I just keep doing that. Right. You know, but there's other people that study it. It's, I don't know, for me, like being obsessed with like training and things like mm. that i sort of see a benefit to both but sometimes it doesn't have to make sense yes you know yes what no, do you I think agree. what do you think because when you t talk about it in terms of training i def i immediately go to the mental well-being right because that's another element to it mm. oh, yeah, yeah. um you know because he has a strength mentally to do that and he's happy with the way that he eats and he gets stronger because he believes he's stronger by eating these foods yeah um but in terms of I don't know how to move that into science because what science is based on facts. So when we research something, that's the answer. Yeah. And then we will discuss that answer. Oh, it could be this, but maybe it could be that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of it's, you know, the human body. and Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I was just interested because some of the podcasts I listen to, they have like um, coaches and trainers that are heavily into the science mm. and then they have ones that are heavily into experience and okay you know like i get two different views and so i try to do a bit of both yeah and it depends so on that the person sense? doesn't it yeah i think because the science sometimes in the training field doesn't like have the um the human will element will willpower yeah. and like i feel like sometimes humans can go I don't know, at different levels and I don't know. I agree. You know what yeah. I mean? I agree. Like the heart. Yes. Yeah. And like some guys don't test well. 
Yeah. But they're mean players. Yes. I don't know. That, so uh, to me, but the science can help us if, if we can measure things and track things, you know, in that sense as well. Mm. But some guys are really like one way or the other. Yeah. I try to hang in the middle, but. That, yeah. that just made me th- thought of a really important point because people think science is just um, an experiment, right? Yeah. You, you get you mix these two solutions together and you get something. But in reality, science is actually what our ancestors did, our mm. indigenous ancestors did. Yeah. So that's navigating oceans, mm. um, building boats in, as engineers, building fales, some more traditional houses. But also science is not just the hard science. I believe that is also the social science. So that is Talanoa doing what we're doing now talking about our experiences or yeah talking about our experiences so um i was just kind of thinking science is quite um broad and also deep yeah and that if we look at the science in the training realm then i guess it kind of covers everything um but from what you're telling me that in the training industry, sports industry, it's all just about numbers, yeah. right? At the moment, roughly. Uh, it depends on what you're into, but yeah, the, mm. the, the high level then, yeah, yeah. Mm. Be performance, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It would be more like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the numbers. Yeah, ah, interesting in terms of the different parts of science and how they... Because um, uh, some of the guys, they reference like studies in that. Yeah. But they were saying like some... Uh, reputable and some aren't and some studies are only on like that group was a small group yes and, yeah and different things like yeah. that so you've got to be careful yes and that's part of science as scientists you know yeah. you critique other people's research to make it better or yeah. to build upon it yeah. yeah and you is it med lab eh? med lab med lab oh i don't know there's there's a, there's a page that a lot of trainers go to oh, okay for like um because they, they, they're heavily into it. Wow. They're training. Like, they, they quote all these papers and stuff. I'm not like that, but the, the, top, they, the top guys do. Are they, like, American, um, overseas? Uh, all overseas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, all over. No, the, even some of the top guys in New Zealand, like, the probably the All Blacks ones and that would know okay. the science. So, is there much research around Pacifica? Bodies, physics, systems? I haven't heard, no. I haven't heard yeah. much. Yeah. Because we are different. That'd be an awesome study. We are different. I actually haven't heard. Mm. Mm. Um, because that's good. That's good, yeah. um, for my PhD, I'm really interested at looking at the Samoan traditional diet, right. going back to what our ancestors used to eat. And from the work that uh, the group that I hope to work with, they do a lot of work around sugars. And apparently, in Pacifica people, we absorb sugars differently. Mm. And you know, there's that whole debate around sugars about making you fat or causing. Um, Diabetes. Yeah. And, and so if we understand more about how Māori, Samoan, Tongan bodies work, because it is slightly different, then we're better able to understand how we can combat those non-communicable diseases. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting with the, the, um, the studies. Even the more recent one was, because um, i got a daughter, I've been doing a bit of research on um, like women's training in that. Yeah. And so... It's starting to come out now. It's starting it, to come out now. Yeah, like um, <laughs> there's not much woman research. No, like so done? all the studies that most of the studies were done on males, and they just chucked that on top of female. Yeah. So like it doesn't. Know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Matter. It's not the same. But now it's, they're getting it because of the um, 
the menstrual cycle in that. Yeah. So they're, they're learning that they have to taper and uh, adjust the training around the woman's cycle. Mm. Uh, but before they, it was just like, these are the results we got. Like Everyone does it. Yeah. So now they're, they're figuring out that, oh, okay, we have to tailor this for the females and then for the guys. Exactly. Almost individualize it because all the ladies' cycle will be different. Yes. And like they might be having like a lull in their training and they're like, why? What's going on? It's like an off, but it's not like a, that time for them. Yes. You know, like, so then now they're clicking on. <laughs> Only now. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know when, but <laughs> from, from when I've been like researching, it seems like it's a more of a recent thing. Unfortunately, that's quite common in science. They will just study males. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then females are left till afterwards. Yeah. yeah. They just chuck it on top, eh? Like, yeah. This is for everyone. Yeah. But it's not really... And also, um, like, non-Indigenous people, they just apply that for everyone. But actually, right. we're all different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, this study on these people, yeah. this means this, but it doesn't mean it for everyone. Yeah. And the people can get... That can affect people's, like, mentality. Exactly. And, like, feel good or bad, depending on that, eh? You know that BMI? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I don't I don't think I've heard of anyone being a fan of that thing. Yeah. It's just oh yeah, yeah so. not good. Yeah. All right. We're coming down to uh final few questions. Oh, you were saying about um before about chaining in the feet. Yes. Off, off um off camera or off mic. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of your videos on Instagram and on I think that's stories. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, this guy's training in bare feet. Like and I often thought about what that's like and reflected on it when I'm wearing shoes because when I train wearing shoes, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, so what what's that like? Yeah, well, even now like uh my daughter's one and a bit and we we only just started trying to chuck shoes on her. Mm. And she hates it. <laughs> yeah. She hates it. So uh, uh, yeah, again, just from some of the research that I've done on training and that, and someone explained it really well. Where um, if you broke your arm, you put a cast on your arm, right, mm. to heal it. But what happens when you cut the cast off? It's really weak. Yeah, and that's like wearing really comfy shoes. Mm. It's like wearing a cast, mm. and so our, our feet uh, atrophy. Atrophy. So, so they lose its muscle and like, yeah. strength and. Um, and that's our base of support of the pyramid. Mm. Our feet connects to the fo- to, to the ground, and so we can lose. Yeah. So if it's stuffed up from the bottom, your knee pain or hip pain might not be necessarily mm. your knee or hip pain. It could be stemming from your feet. Mm. And so it's just trying to get muscles back into the feet. So when we run and jump and move, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Because if they're switched off, then the calves, your shins, your knee, or something's going to take the load. Mm. And people think that that's the problem, but I mean, it's not it's not a clear answer for everyone. But some you got to start from the bottom, I believe. And has that uh, have you seen a difference in the way that you move in your training? Has it helped? Yeah, yeah. I uh, you feel the ground a lot, and uh, I guess just awareness is a lot better. Mm. I'm aware now when I have shoes. I guess mm. um, I feel a little bit caged caged up too. Okay. Like, I don't like wearing shoes too. But, like, before I got into this, like, I didn't notice it as much, mm. you know? Yeah. But I got bad knees, so I feel like it's helped out with my mm. knees a bit. And um, I think it will help out with a lot of people with their back as well. Okay. Uh, just trying to walk normal again. Because if you have, like, um, shoes that are cushioned a certain way, it can, like, tilt your body. Yes, yeah. I've noticed that with yeah. my shoes. And so, like, over so many steps, 
something's gonna um <clears throat> compensate yeah you know and uh yeah it's gonna lead to problems over over time so that that's why i'm big on the, the mm. uh, training in your feet just trying to walk around even at home or whenever you get a chance or if you have to wear shoes like minimal shoes okay so that it's not too much cushioning like jandals oh uh, yeah you can wear jandals um uh the slaps you know the slaps i i'm a big fan of like vans and chucks oh vans okay yeah, yeah there's not too much cushioning okay and they're pretty low to the floor mm. you know uh, i see like a ladies wear um high heels a lot yeah but if you look at it like it's quite clear that it's shortening their calves okay you know because i don't wear heels guys but i mean you say <laughs> like any sort of raised heel is shortening your calf okay and it's going to increase your chances of a lot of people are doing their achilles mm. <clears throat> Um, that might not be the primary uh, thing, like why it happens, but it can add to it. Mm. You know, yeah. it shortens. Yeah, you want it long. Sure. You want your calves and everything long and elastic. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, just walk around bare feet. And then another thing that that helped me. This was before I looked into it more. Was I read a book. Uh, this guy called uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He he played in the NBA. I think 20 years. Mm. He's the highest point scorer of all time. Mm. And he wore chucks his whole career. And so to me, him being 7'2", playing for 20 years, that's a lot of pounding. Yeah. Because a lot of athletes retire because of injury. So mm. to me, it was saying like, he had that part of his game um, sorted. Wow. You know, like to last that long. Yeah. And now with all the technology, guys are only lasting 5 to 10 years. Wow. You know, and they're shorter. That's quite interesting, eh? Going back. Yeah. Going back to what our... Because our ancestors didn't have shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a place for them. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But just like picking and choosing. If you don't need to wear them, then... Mm. Um, and when you're saying that you felt caged up when you wore shoes, that made me think about in the on the marae, you take off your shoes before you go inside. And I always felt like more open like to the yeah. space when I'm going into a marae without my shoes on. Yep, yeah, for sure. Very cool. I'm being getting a little bit more weirder too. I've been um, trying to like crawl a little bit. Mm. Crawl and hang. I feel like there's a, the, um, this is sort of like a phase I'm going through now. Like What's hang? I like just hang on a bar. Okay. So I see my daughter, she went from like lying down to sitting up. Yep. And then they go to crawling. Yep. You get like a crossover pattern. If you can picture someone crawling, there's a crossover pattern. Yes, like in animals. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's getting like all this core and shoulder strength. Uh, this you, is like zoo, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So you can see what I mean? Yes. In a sh- but as adults, we never crawl again. No. Or connected to the floor. So even like, no. it's good with the um, Samoans and, and other Pacific and Native people, where they cross legs and sit on the ground. True. So I feel like there's a lot of value in that. Grounding. Just, yeah, grounding. And then hanging as well. Mm. Uh, it's, hanging is uh, really good for your shoulders. Okay. A lot of, a lot of athletes uh, experience um, shoulder pain over the years, just like little niggles, injuries, and they add up. Uh-huh. But, you know, people don't want to hang for two minutes a day to fix it. Right. Yeah. Compared to on a roller. Yeah, the roller will help out, but um, the gravity of you just hanging, like, so you're just mm. hanging the rest of your body, it's going to pull your rib cages down. Un- unload your spine a little bit. Okay. You can you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your arms, and then everything just slowly like. But it's so simple. Yeah, but <laughs> these are, I feel like with the the natural movement patterns, mm. like climbing, hanging, yes. crawling. 
So I try to incorporate that a lot into my warm ups, walking. And walking is really good. Walking. For, walking. Uh, I do like loaded walks, like just. What's that? Like carrying things. Okay. Yeah. Dumbbells. Yeah, anything uh, on your back. Mix it up because mm. you know, like people work in their plantation, they carry things in odd, odd yeah. ways. Yeah. On your back and different things. But if you think of like when your leg, when you plant your foot on the ground, the other one's swinging. Yes. Like a gate. Yes. But the one that's planted is slightly activating. Mm. So that side sure. of your hip and lower back is activated a bit. So it's 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 a slight like um, turning on of your, you know, it's getting blood flow, mm. getting the muscles working there, you know? You see what yeah. I mean? Then that just makes me rethink all of the old gym like workouts that we've been told to do right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah yeah like going back to just understanding the movement of walking or the movement of hanging yeah oh that's quite interesting but yeah so when your foot's on the ground the other leg's swinging through one's stable yeah so that side of the body has to activate <clears throat> and then the another the other foot plants on the ground that activates so that glute hip type of thing has to activate it's like a swinging gate mm. yeah and then uh, but if you load it up then the core activates a little bit more yeah and if you if you add into like sitting a long period of time yeah like people's backs get jacked yes. up so yeah, just like go for a light walk before you work out or something oh. then okay. then you do your warm up and all that like mm. just, or even if you can walk throughout the day yeah um, there's a guy uh, Stan Efferding he has a 10 minute walk like after every time you eat oh, okay so if you do that two three times you got 20 minutes 30 minutes of walking True. plus uh helps with digestion and mm. and um yeah just blood flow feel better yeah because i when i sit down for a long amount of time my hip hurts and right. then when i start standing up and walking around it feels better even yeah just for a little yeah a little while yeah mm. so just walking around a little bit here and there um it's pretty it could change people's lives, but people don't want to do it because it's it's not sexy. Like it's it's right. It's not wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got go for it. a walk. Hang on the bar for two minutes a day. Squat, got it. Squat a little bit. Go for a little crawl. The marketing of the gym, right? Yeah. The, wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You only see like um, like top level people doing that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah, like everyday people. Um, they're too um on the go. Yes. You know they. Yes. They just see what's the flashing lights. F forty five. Hey, I got nothing wrong with it, man. Like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that, that, that's just my thought on where I'm at. Like, you go through different phases in your uh, health and fitness. And did you research that, or did you just do it? Ah, uh, yeah, different research. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. research. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, reading and podcasts, mm. and then um, and then it makes sense. When I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, when I hear it, like, and they're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, like, I was like, oh, how did I miss that? Like, such a common thing, you know? But um, different people out there. All right, we're getting down to our uh, final few questions. Uh, mentors. Favorite mentor or greatest mentors? I don't have one yet. I'm still looking. Right, right. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, what's your challenges coming up? Uh, what do you... you yeah, what are, you, what are you working towards coming up? I'm working towards uh, getting my PhD approved. That's my main challenge at the yeah. moment. Yep, yeah. nice, nice. Um, favorite book? 
Something you've read. Uh, Favorite research paper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go pass. Pass. Uh, <laughs> Favorite uh, quote or saying. Where there is a will, there is a way. My mum says that a lot. So, you know, no matter what's going on, what challenges you're facing, you're able to overcome them. Yeah, nice, nice. And last question, just your definition of success. Happiness. When you are happy. When you've done... And it could success... I get quite annoyed with some of the jobs these days, you know, the law, the what is it, the noble careers, being a doctor, engineer, lawyer. Yes, that's successful, but we don't all have to be those people. We can have our own successes ourselves, you know, buying a house or going to the gym and knowing that you're happy in that success. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, anything that we missed that we should have covered or yeah I think currently my big passion is looking at traditional foods yeah um looking at salmon traditional foods and so for me it's really important to go back to the community to talk with the community to see where I can help and to understand what our ancestors used to eat so that we are able to go incorporate some of that lifestyle into today to help our people to help our pacifica people to become more healthy more happy and to live longer lives yeah awesome um and any up-and-coming scientists out there what advice would you give to them Mm. They're, they're on the fence they're thinking about you know going to study and stuff what would you say uh ask people questions ask scientists questions ask anything and so the beauty about today is that we have instagram right that's how we met through instagram just get slide into their dms and say hey i'm thinking about science what's your advice um or hey i really like the work that you do can i spend a day with you to see what you do and to really make the most of the opportunity by asking scientists maybe even spending a day with them and really picking their brains about how they became a scientist in their journey. Because trust me, I've talked to a lot of scientists and their journeys are different. You know, not all of us were scholars. Not all of us, you know, had a straight path. More often than not, we've really come a roundabout way into science. Mm. Awesome, awesome. And uh, where can we uh, find you, follow you? Online, see what you're up to? Yeah, just search uh, Samoan Scientist. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, got a couple of videos on YouTube. Also got a podcast as well called The Samoan Scientist. And um, what else am I on? Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Yo. That's a new thing for me. I quite yeah. like Twitter. Yeah. yeah, you like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. There's some there's some clever people out there. Clever, yeah. Clever yeah. stuff out there. All right, Amy, thank you. Thank you very much for coming out here and uh, sharing your story and uh, insights into the science world. Mm. really appreciate it. It's, no, it was awesome. Uh,
conversation and um yeah we'll keep it out for you check it out guys instagram all those uh different things we'll try to check in a couple of those links after as well eh? sounds good for the, for the coronavirus and that uh, but yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get you on again and uh see where you're at but uh yeah thank you once again thank you so much